the topic in hand is, do you need a million pounds in your pension? Well, as I've said, it would be nice, I imagine. We say, well, how much do you want to achieve in retirement? When do you want to retire? And how much can you afford to put away every month, okay? Now, you may say, well, I'll talk you know, about our, our, our technology. Daniel Harrison, who's our chief exec of the group, uh, was on GB News yesterday, and he was talking about our technology and our apps. So if yeah. you can... Uh, really interesting time yesterday with the Bank of England actually putting up rates. There was a sort of... Um, markets are... Generally, seem to have improved yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but with a good, the with a good month of July, we've had a... You know, I had something exciting to do, and I can't remember what it was. I've actually got to cut my grass. Uh, and I'll tell you why this is exciting, because... Hello, everybody, uh, and welcome to podcast number 129. I'm Steve Hutton, and I've got the dubious honour today of hosting it. Usually they get me into our... St- and answer difficult questions, but today I've got the pleasure of asking some difficult questions. Mm. The title of today's podcast is Do You Need a Million Pounds in Your Pension? Do you need a million pounds in your pension? Crikey, we'll come back to that later. I think it'd be nice to have it, mm. but I don't know if you need it. I'm joined today by Jeff Casson, who you'll, you will all know from our morning markets and morning. various other uh, functions. Well, morning, morning, Morecambe. Morecambe. <laughs> morning, Jeff. I haven't been there yet. No, no exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, I have actually. Yeah, many times. Brad, you, you just call it Bradford by the Sea. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's awful. Oh, unless you're listening in Morecambe, then it's a lovely place. Neil Rayner, our uh, head of uh, customer advice, central advice team, and with lovely Sophie Bennett, who works on our customer care team. Welcome, everybody. Hi. Quickly going around the room, then let's just have a quick um, chat about what we've done so far this week. Neil, what have you done so far this week in your work life? Speaking to loads of clients. Um, yeah, loads of clients. Um, some clients who've got questions about how the market's going. Uh, you've had a bit of a rise in the market this week, so it's been really good. So there's been some positive news to share with our clients. Um, and uh, outside of work, I've been training for the Great North Run. Have you? Oh, excellent. Jeff? A few meetings with some of our sub-managers this week. So it's been quite interesting just in the back of what Neil has been saying about stronger performance in markets in July. Obviously a better start to August as well, so just having some chats with them. We'll come on to the markets later on because there's quite a bit happening we'd like to talk about. Sophie, what has your week taken in so yes. far? So we've been just helping a lot of clients with the general site and things like that. We've also had um, some new starters, so there's been a bit of training going on too. Excellent. Interesting theme there that we've, we've talked to a lot of clients. We had uh, the honour of having some of our lovely clients join us and come and meet us this week. Phil, uh, Hugh and Peter joined us. Uh, they were clients of one of our advisors, Andrea Gregory. We all got a chance to spend some time with them. Uh, if you're listening and, and watching, gentlemen and lady, thank you for coming. We re- I really enjoyed it. It's a real highlight of my job when I get the chance to meet some clients. It's not often I do, but uh, it was a pleasure to meet you all and I hope you come and visit us again very soon. Okay, let me get on to the topic. Uh, The topic in hand is, do you need a million pounds in your pension? Well, as I've said, it would be nice, I imagine. Um, But let's just think a million pounds probably isn't what a million pounds used to be. Uh, And if we keep going with inflation at these levels at, what, 9.5%, um, then it'll erode your money even further. Probably a good start for you, Neil, to just talk about, um, you know, do you need a million pounds? Are there restrictions if you go above it? Is it hard to get there? Tell us a little bit about trying Um, to achieve that. Yeah, no problem. So, I mean, it's very subjective whether or not you need a million pounds in your pension because it all relates to you as an individual, um, potentially how much risk you're willing to take with that pension pot, um, what your outgoings are. Um, what you want in retirement. Do you want to have loads of holidays? Do you want to spend loads of money? Um, And do you want to keep up with maybe the wage that you've had in your working life to achieve what you want in your retirement life? Um, If you started from a ground base, so let's say you started at 25, 
and you're thinking, well, I'm going to retire at 65. A lot of people are getting older, but let's just go with 65. You probably need to be putting about £650 a month away, okay? And that's given some sort of um, interest rate at about 5%, okay? That would probably achieve you just under a million pounds pot, okay? But, as I said, you also have other things that come into play as well. So when you get to retirement age, whatever that may be, 66, 67, as you, you know, move forward, um, you've got your state pension coming in as well. And state pension at the moment is, you know, about £9,500, £9, £9,600 a year. If you're married, you've got double that as well. So then you've got, you know, just under £20,000 as well as state pension. So you're thinking, well, I need £40,000 a year, and that's probably what you would get quite comfortably off a million pounds pot. But then you could have £20,000 state, okay? So you have to take that into consideration as well. So your pension pot might not need to be a million pound, could be a lot lower. Yeah, a lot springs to mind there for me. Um, Straight away with your, because you're an advisor, that probably feels like quite a simple explanation of of how to get to a million pounds. For me, uninitiated, that seems a really complicated, complex kind of piece of financial planning. Um, I suppose what we're trying to say then is... um, get some advice, come and talk to an advisor, your team. Your team talks to people daily about, about their pensions and pension pots? They do, yes. Um, and the great thing about working or using true potential technology is what you can do is you can track your goal, which is really important. So when we first speak to clients and the maybe's on the first step of the ladder from a retirement point of view, we say, well, how much do you want to achieve in retirement? When do you want to retire and how much can you afford to put away every month? Okay. Now you may say, well, you know, a lot of people can't afford to put away £650 a month, but they can probably afford to put something away. Okay. And we've said before about good practice and, um, you know, treating it like a bill. It's always good to start off with a small amount um, and then gradually increase it, maybe as your wages go up over time. Um, But it's really important to start early um, and also to get some idea of where you're going to be on retirement. That's a really good point, starting early. I mean, we, we're straight away talking about people starting from grassroots upwards, starting from young ages. A lot of our clients are sort of already into their working life, and I'll come back to you in a second, sir, because I want to talk to you a little bit about how clients amalgamate pensions. One of the points that Neil brought up, Jeff, is, is crucial to us. Um, he feels you could get £40,000 a year from a million pounds pension pot, so you want a, a withdrawal rate of 4%. Does that sound plausible? Does that sound... You know, achievable, or are we kind of shooting with the stars out? No, I think it, it is plausible, and it's a good rule of thumb to to use and to think about. And I suppose the the other thing there is that we have to think about inflation in the backdrop as well. Um, obviously, it's a bit of a challenge at this point in time in terms of the real um, earnings that one is is bringing home as well. So there's many other things that need to be brought into that dynamic. And I think, as as Neil rightly says, it's it's an arbitrary number. It's very dependent on circumstance that each individual has or each couple has effectively as well. So there's many other things that, that need to be taken into account there as well. So when you talk about £600, are you, is that pre or post-tax relief being added? Uh, yes, so cumulative amount, so £650 okay. a month. So yeah. again, it's a really important point we make that if you invest in a pension, it is, to my mind, I'm again <clears throat> not the most sophisticated investor, but I know that if I invest, if you're a higher rate taxpayer, if you're a, an extra higher rate taxpayer, you're getting up to 45% tax relief on your pension, which is free money from the government. And uh, I know the two Conservative candidates are trying to give away all sorts of money at the minute, but this is one that's in statute, yeah. the legislature, yeah. legislature uh, so we should get it. Now... Talking about people who have already got pensions, Sophie, um, 
there's a lot of our competitors out there advertise, come to us and amalgamate your pensions. We don't, we don't probably shout about that enough, but we can do it with us, can't we? You can come to join us and, and pull all your pension pots together. Do you get a lot of clients talking to you about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we don't really need to shout about it because it's something we can do so easily on the site. Um, so as you say, it does tend to be the case that everyone ends up having more than one job. <laughs> so probably several, and then you end up with pensions scattered around here and there. And it can then be hard to track your goal because you're not sure how much you've got all together and it's hard to track the performance of them all but you can just pull them all together on our site so there's one button transfer or buy investment all you literally have to do is click on that enter the policy number of the policy where it's at what provider it's with how much it, how much roughly is in the policy and um, there's some terms and conditions accept them press submit that's your bit done so it's as simple as that. You actually, if you've got the app, you go on the app, or you go on your client site, yeah, and you put the few details that you said, click the, click the button, and you're off. Yeah, all sorted. And we chase it all up. We do all the admin behind <coughs> it and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Come straight through to us here on the transfers team. They do everything. If anything else was needed, we'd just give the client a call. But it's literally something that would take yeah. one minute. I think it's a really important point is the easiness of transferring the pensions, but also just to highlight as well, um, you know, you can still, obviously, if you're not sure about transferring a certain pension to ring up customer care and to book an appointment with an advisor, yeah. because a lot of the pensions may contain valuable guarantees that you would lose if you potentially transferred over. So it's really important to think that if you, if you, you know what you're doing, you can transfer via the technology. Uh, but if you would like a chat with an advisor, it's very important that you book, book an appointment. That's a good point. I think the other thing is as well, by consolidating them together, it gives you much better insight into how you're going to achieve your goal, what sort of return you need to earn as well. And that makes it much easier. You know, it's, it's very difficult to pull information together from different sites different providers yeah. look at things on a different basis yeah so it's having it in one place yeah. makes a big difference and, and also what sophie said was a really good point is when people come to retirement and they've got pension pots scattered all over the place they haven't really got a clue as to how much their end figure is going to be how much money they're going to have on retirement so consolidation is is a good idea in many cases yeah it's a really interesting point and we don't sing and shout about it it's there on our technology it's there through our everybody who wants to help people so please look into it you know don't think that we don't have it available interesting point you made as well Sophie, about goals do we talk to clients a lot about setting a goal to try and make a you know get to an achievable sort of aim at the end of it yeah absolutely um, so like neil just said there about setting setting your goals and seeing what you've got if you've got them all with us and it's in a policy you can actually just set a goal for that in total um, it bring it, you know, like you choose what your goal might be. You might have spoken with an advisor to decide what is a reasonable goal and how you're going to get there. But you can pop it into the site what your goal is. It'll show you on your, your overall performance graph another line for your goal, how close or far away you are. It'll give you little prompts when you log in. You know, if to be hitting your goal, maybe you just need to add that extra fifty pound a month or something like that. Um, so you know whereabouts you are, and you can you can just then use the technology to hit those goals and follow it. So it's as easy as that, and you can change it whenever you like. If your circumstances change and your goal had changed, that can be done on the site as well. And of course, we're always here to help with things like that. Brilliant, excellent. Well, that's great. Um, interesting talking about our, our our technology. Daniel Harrison, who's our chief exec of the group, uh, was on GB News yesterday, and he was talking about our technology and our apps. So if you can get it on catch up, please have a look. Um, it, it gives you a good insight as to our thoughts and how we're thinking of going forward with our technology as well. Which is great.
And today I'm joined by Daniel Harrison. He's the chief executive of True Potential, a financial services really well. firm. We're, we're dealing with members of the public who have investments, have pensions or want to invest mm. or want to save for retirement. Structure. We help them set a goal mm. for the medium and for the long term. Mm -hmm. And then we use our market leading technology to allow a client at the top of an app or logging in their website to see how exactly well they're doing and to talk to us where they need more help. I think you're absolutely right about taking a risk. Mm. I think you have to have your own capital. You've got to have your own skin in the game. It's pretty efficient. I called them earlier today, actually, as it goes. Did you? <laughs> I no. did, actually. And they yeah. answered? Well, they did, they did. She, and she was very helpful. Thank she goodness. explained all the GIAs yeah. and the ISAs, and you got them. Um... So, Jeff, uh, a really interesting time yesterday with the Bank of England actually putting up rates. There was a sort of... Uh, suggestion that they may have gone a bit harder, a bit higher, so sort of three quarters, but obviously coming in at half a percent. Yep. Um, and also what I found really interesting yesterday was the fact that the markets didn't really react. They were flat slightly up. So, um, and they also the talk on the, on the, on the websites now about we're going to get forced into a recession. Mm. Should our clients be frightened of this? Should we be apprehensive? Uh, I suppose there's, there's quite a few points in it, quite a lot of detail that they've provided in terms of the, the report that came, came with it. But it's interesting to take that little step back, yes, to say 0.5% increase, biggest increase since since 1995 but even within the committee there was a little bit of dissent we had one member voting for a 0.25 percent increase so an eight to one vote so it wasn't um, a unanimous vote from from within the committee I think when we dig into it and look at it there's quite a few um, comments that are are worth just reflecting on we've talked a lot in in these discussions over the the recent months about inflation the inflation backdrop and how hard it's been to, to forecast inflation. So we thought, or the bank thought, around 11, 11 and a bit percent as we got into October. Actually, today's report talks about 13%. 13% inflation is quite a large number for us all to, to contemplate. But what that does do is that there's an assumption on energy prices um, within that. And that was that energy prices remain at these elevated levels for the next six months. So there is um, a part and parcel of assuming, what well, can you assume that the best way to forecast is what you've got today, and that's certainly what the, what the bank have done in, in that regard. In terms of their view on, on growth and the, the recession dynamic that you're, you're alluding to there, they are flagging that GDP will be lower and will be re revised lower in terms of their assumptions effectively they're talking about negative growth next year um, flat growth in in 2024 so those are the dynamics that they're using to to form their their analysis but i would say um, when we when we look back how accurate have they been um, in predicting these things in the past well if we go back to may um, inflation was around 10 percent expected we're now so three percent difference in two months so forecasting very difficult very challenging one of the things that we've talked about is employment the strength of that um, they're expecting a slight deterioration in in unemployment but not materially from around i think 3.8 to 4.4 i think they talk about in their their sort of central scenario so one of growth yes slowing growth being zero to slightly negative but not uh a step change lower is, is kind of how I'm in, interpreting what they've said at the moment. Interesting from, from our perspective again, you know, I can remember back into the 70s, um, 
Do you think this will herald kind of a, a, an era of industrial disputes? We've got inflation 11.5%, crikey. Mm-hmm. You know, unheard of, really, for the yeah. last 20, 20 years plus, uh, or beyond that. But will that herald a lot more industrial disputes, people pushing for higher wages? It'll certainly bring that more to the fore for those industries where there is an inflation linkage to their contracts. And that will some be something that we will have to, to potentially contend with, something that probably the bank are are acknowledging with their modelling at the moment in that they have talked about um, nominal wage growth forecast being moved higher. So they've moved that higher. So that they're effectively saying there will be some of that. It will feed in. There will be those industries, as I say, that do see an inflation adjustment. I think the challenge there is to, when we think about the drivers of inflation, a large part of this uplift is about energy prices, electricity prices, and the way energy pricing has worked in the UK with the price caps and the removal of, of that. So whether it's the right number to use for, for wage negotiations is, is probably open to debate. But I think you, you're right, we will see that and have seen that to an extent already. I suppose the final question for me on this would be then, um, obviously that's the Bank of England, England and their forecasts. Um, are you seeing the same kind of forecast coming from the consensus of the economists that is, or is it too early after yesterday to sort of form a consensus? I think it's quite wide right, at the okay. moment. Um, some people maybe would have expected them to, to push a little bit harder when they've, they've got the backdrop that they had. That, that didn't come through. Um, most people are of the view that inflation, because of energy prices, will be higher than maybe was expected. But again, if we fast forward into next year, that probably starts to drop off relatively quickly because you have a different base from which to to model that increase. So that's, that's probably how some people are thinking about it. But certainly as we look to, to next week and think about morning markets, we'll, we'll certainly bring to life some of the, the commentary that we're hearing around that. I lied to you. I'm going to ask you one more question as well now. Um, really quick question. I know they're independent. Do you think there's any political kind of nod to this? No, I don't think so right. at the moment. Good. Interesting, though, when we talk about inflation. Sophie, you must get clients. Do they, do, are there any of them saying they're feeling the, the squeeze, they're feeling the pinch? Oh, or yeah, definitely. I think everybody everybody is. So it's something that's mentioned to us all the time. I'm sure it's a lot of things coming up in the appointments to the advisors as well. Yeah. I mean, it is a key topic at the mm-hmm. moment, as expected, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it does hop back into your sort of £600 a month uh, question, Neil. Um it shouldn't just be pensions we, we talk about when we're talking about assets and saving £600 a month. There are other really valuable investment tools uh, that obviously, how is a pension taxed when you start getting receipt of it versus how maybe some of the other investments would be taxed? Yeah, so taxed. pension is taxed as income when you start receiving it, when you're in the decumulation stage, if you like. Um, your accumulation stage is when you're saving money in and when your decumulation stage is when you start to take the benefits. So you're going to get taxed in line with anything that goes over your personal allowance of 12 1,570. Obviously, you get a tax incentive to put money into a pension, but you're going to be taxed based on your status when you take that money out. But there are other alternative investments that, you know, um, you know, there isn't a a charge, if you like, to take any money out, which would be your classic one would be an ISA. Um, And we talked about a couple of podcasts ago about your first ISA millionaires a couple of years ago who were saving the full allowance, whatever it would be for that year. Um, Obviously, it's 20,000 per year now. Um, but yeah, I mean, an ISA is a really good other alternative investment because what you can do is when you come to retirement, you can think, well, I'm going to pay this much 
um, a little bit of income tax on my pension income, but then I've got this ASRI I can rely on as well, which is going to provide me another good source of, of income uh, free of tax. And I suppose that harks back into, can we transfer ISIS and, and can you consolidate ISIS together with us on the on the platform? Yeah, absolutely. Just in the exact same way, the transfer by investment option, it's going to keep sort of the previous ISO allowances that you paid in. It's going to transfer it straight over. Um, yeah, you can consolidate them all together if you wish. Excellent. Well, that, I've, I've actually learned something today, which is, you know, at my age is, is a revelation. Isn't it? <laughs> um, that's been really interesting. Thanks. I think we've kind of covered pensions there. An interesting time and, you know, trying to get people to start saving early that you can consolidate both your pensions and your ISAs on our platform. Um, markets are generally seem to have improved yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but with a good, with a good month of July, we've had a, you know, it's three days, four days into the start of, of August and things have been a little bit better. Let's hopefully see that that continues. Well, when Hugh, uh, Peter and Phil visited this week, they said they liked the, the factual part of the, the podcast, but they also liked some of the, the, the humanity, not humility, I hasten to add, but humanity we bring to these as well. So now we get onto the interesting bit of finding out what we're doing, actually what you're doing for the beginning of the month. What are we doing at the weekend? Let's, who should we start with? I'll do my randomizer. Sophie, what are you doing at the weekend? Well, I'm a recent new dog mum. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. probably not much sleep. Um, yeah. What kind of dog? Uh, a golden doodle. Is that like a labradoodle? Yeah, but with a golden retriever instead. Mm. Yeah, My yeah. knowledge of dogs knows no bounds. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about this big and kind of curly. Yeah, but he's golden. only a puppy at the minute, mm, so okay. he just bites it's a male, everything. A male dog? Oh, yes. Mm, like. Yeah, mm. so I'll be having a lot of fun with that, I think. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you get some sleep. We'll uh, see. Uh, Neil, what are you up to? Um, Pounding the pavements again, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, I bought a new pair of trainers yesterday, which cost me a lot of money. Jamie Sexton got me discount, which was really important. How did Jamie get you discount? Oh, he's Arthur Daly, isn't he? I think one of your feet would fit in. Yeah, you get yeah. both your feet in one of his shoes, wouldn't you? Correct. Yeah. So uh, I'm up to size ten and a half now. Yes, because you could always buy a, a half a size bigger if you're running, because your, your feet expand apparently. And what? So uh, what's if, um, the time aim you're going? Well, get I was just going to say, if Jamie Sexton's feet expands, it would probably be like a canoe. So, you know, the size of his. But time-wise, um, Great North Run, I'll be happy with anything under two hours. Mm. We can't talk about canoes in this part of the world, can we? Because wasn't it someone in Hartlepool disappeared in oh, a canoe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've heard, you remember there used to be a canoe when we were young? There was an advert. Well, sorry, when I was young. Yeah. So, oh, well, that's really exciting. <laughs> Pounding the pavements, getting kept awake by a dog. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not seeing either of you to this weekend. <laughs> Jeff, can you liven me up a little bit? I think we'll be out with my two boys over the weekend. Yeah. Various different yeah. things, probably. Dad taxi. Different yeah. parties, different sports. They leave you behind, don't they? Yeah, so they do indeed. Ultimately, you, your social life just disappears and your kids' social life takes That's over. It. But then they leave home and you've got to find your social life again. You've got to find a lot of things. You've got to find how to converse with your wife and things. You <laughs> so is that a challenge? If you need any tip, <laughs> it is, yeah. It is when I'm 150 <laughs> miles away. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so general sort of, yeah, again, not varying about. A bit dull. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So you've yeah. all been a bit dull. I need yeah. to come in so here with something. What, what have you got to do? Yeah, I'm just trying to think. <laughs> Actually, Bradford City are away at Barrow, and I couldn't get a ticket because it's full, so I'm not going there. I'm going to play a bit of golf. I know golf's a dirty word around here, but I'm going to play a bit of golf. Um, I'm going to go out for dinner. My youngest son's coming up with his girlfriend. A bit awkward. I've met her before, but still a bit awkward. We're in that new stage still, so I'll meet her and be very polite. I won't show the real me. Um, play a bit of golf. She won't come along, so I'll get him on my own for a little while. Uh, like I said, go for dinner. I had something exciting to do, and I can't remember what it was. I've actually got to cut my grass. Uh, and I'll tell you why this is exciting, because when it got really hot, um, the grass all died, and I have a guy that comes and looks after it a little bit. 
So he came and looked after it, and it cost me a fortune, this fella. But then he said, you need a wetting agent. A what? A wetting agent. And I said, is that not rain? He said, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you need a proper wet wetting. And apparently he was going to charge me 120 quid to put this wetting agent on, which is just um, fairy liquid in a jar that you spray on. Yeah. So anybody, if your lawns are looking dry and parched and you want them to recover quickly, put some fairy liquid, uh, probably about five drops in, about five gallons, uh, and then spray it on, and it breaks down the meniscus and... All that stuff. It's all very technical, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So water doesn't work? No, apparently. Right. It works okay. better when you've got a wetting agent. Right. Um, if you're still awake, um, I hope you've enjoyed podcast number 129. It's certainly been a pleasure talking to you all. Uh, thank you for joining us, and please stay tuned and like and do all our social media thumbs up, touches, shares with your friends, all the usual. But lovely to talk to you, and hope to see you again very soon. If you're interested in taking your investing to the next level or would like to know more about the options available to you when you retire, then download our free guides to ICES and pensions. These are available in the video description below.